0: You are listening to The Exchange by Evolution, a melting pot of ideas and inspirations shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the APAC region. I am Pearlie, Associate Consultant with Evolution Reproduction Solutions, and I help connect businesses with top tech talents. Today, I am your host. Just a disclaimer before we start the podcast, um, all thoughts and views spoken by the speakers or myself are purely representative of our individual opinions and not that of their company. Okay, so welcome to another installment of our podcast, and on today's podcast, we'll be discussing the topic of importance of data-driven decision-making for sustainability initiatives. I'm delighted to be joined by our esteemed speakers, Gustavo, uh, Regional Director of Solutions and Tech at Google, and Praveen, Head of Applied Analytics at DHL. So for starters, Gustavo, would you like to introduce yourself and your
1: background? Sure, thanks for having me. Um, My name is Gustavo Fuchs, I lead our technology team for Google Cloud and Asia Pacific. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have different practices uh, within the technology team and data is one of our most important practices. So we help customers in different areas such as database management, analytics and AI, which Mm -hmm. I know is a very, very important topic Mm -hmm. and sustainability is all about data. So that's where, uh, you know, the things. Uh, get together and we are working with customers across uh, industries on that. So thanks again for having me, looking forward
2: for the dialogue.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, That was a great introduction. So how about you,
2: Purit? Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Purit Mishra. Uh, I head um, applied analytics within DHL. Uh, My team primarily looks at customer-facing analytics. So a lot of work that we do is working with the customers to help them um, refine their supply chains, optimize their supply chains. And whenever we talk about supply chains, sustainability and analytics are the two major topics that come up. So, yeah, happy to discuss that. Uh, and I love it that I'm doing this with Gustavo. He said sustainability is all about data. And I absolutely believe sustainability is a data play.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So, um, you know, we're really glad to have both of you here with us today. So, let's jump right into the podcast. Questions. So, you know, could you actually give a brief overview of how both of you um, got involved in the data sustainability field? Maybe Privet, um, you want I to go first?
2: Sure. Um, so I'm an engineer uh, by education, by study, and um, my first job was about automation. From there, um, I got into the data field because we were trying to uh, collect data from manufacturing to improve or optimize those processes. And uh, from there, I've never looked back. I think it's a very intriguing topic, which touches across uh, different types of technologies and uh, sustainability uh, last couple of years have been very active uh, in this domain. And I think all of us should be thinking about it, <laughs> not just people from tech field or corporates um, and uh, I've taken a liking to it because I think I truly believe in, uh, you know, that we need to leave a better earth or a better uh, environment for our generations to follow. So trying to do my best here, trying to see (laughs) wherever I can add value.
0: Right. How about you, Gustavo?
2: I think I'll
1: probably give away how long I have been on on that business. Uh, So probably, you know, back in 1995, when internet became commercially available in many countries, uh, databases were key to set up, let's say the first set of websites, right? which was you know, the main tool that companies had to interact with businesses. So that's where I probably started my, my journey with with data and, and databases itself. Mm-hmm. I think over the years we had you know the big phenomenon of of digital transformation, which helped us frame many of the evolutions that we had in place. And the way I see is that sustainability is the new digital transformation, it's that uber framework that is helping companies take the next step in terms of building their capabilities. First they built to become digital, now I would say most of our businesses especially because of the pandemic, they are—they uh, have reached a certain level of maturity on digital transformation and the next stage is sustainability. It's how to build those capabilities with sustainability in mind, that's where we are operating today and I think we are still in the beginning, there is a lot of effort, there is a lot of uh, energy being put into that, Mm -hmm. but we are really in the beginning in terms of helping businesses not only better manage what they do today, but actually also help them build new capabilities with sustainability in mind, Mm -hmm. because uh, the processes might not be digital or the processes might not have Mm -hmm. that parameter as part of their design previously.
0: That makes absolute sense. So thanks both for that. And you know, just to deep dive a little, you know, how can data exactly be used to drive sustainability initiatives, and how can that be measured? Their success be measured. So maybe you start with go first. Sure.
1: Um, I think the number of use cases is probably unlimited at this point. Yes. And we are every day, every customer we are speaking yeah. across different countries and different industries. We are discovering those use cases. I feel there are two, let's say, main themes in terms of leveraging data uh, for sustainability. First, in in terms of digital sustainability, which relates to how can you take your IT operations today and how can you actually quantify what those IT operations are generating in terms of uh, data and sustainability. So the capabilities for that. Uh, companies now, they are operating their own data centers or they are leveraging data centers from uh, uh, you know, hyperscalers such as uh, Google. How can they have the data to understand what is creating for them in terms of be their scope one or two or three emissions? That's the first, I would say, big theme. The second one is more around operational sustainability, which is as part of their day-to-day business. And it doesn't matter if they are in a financial services industry or their manufacturing company or an FMCG. As part of their value chain, how is data generated across uh, this? How can we capture this data? And how can we analyze those processes to make more than efficient from a data perspective? Those are the two main pillars. Now the use cases on that are completely unlimited. And I think what we're trying to do is to create the most common parameters to help customers exchange ideas and probably bring experiences from one industry to another.
0: Mm-hmm. This is really clear, yeah. you know, separating this broad idea into two main categories. Yeah. How about you, um, What are your thoughts on this?
2: Um, I look at it as two categories as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think pretty similar, but uh, coming from a supply chain sort of a background, um, I think the first step is obviously collecting the data so any operations any 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 industry there's a need to baseline and that happens with the data the more data that you collect across the three different scopes uh, you can then baseline your operations what the emissions are at this point of time and that it doesn't necessarily have to be manufacturing it can be any industry banks so knowing what my emissions are mm-hmm. and the next step would be optimizing um, and this this level of optimization can be in anything right manufacturing uh, supply chain, transportation, distribution, optimize using data to then optimize my operations to reduce the emissions. So primarily two areas, one is monitoring, the second one would be, would be optimizing um, uh, operations or um, any sort of business, right? Um, those two areas I would say uh, where data can add a lot of value um, but then again um, like Gustavo said the use cases are unlimited and Mm -hmm. each and every aspect that we start looking at and exploring um, you can just keep going in further Mm -hmm. Um, and several examples from different industries right Mm -hmm. backing industries uh, they are converting into paperless less documentation Mm -hmm. hence less uh, sending mails etc we are switching to EVs Mm -hmm. um, so and but who just giving an example here, right, EV. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about switching to EVs, but what is the breaking point for your electric vehicle uh, for the emissions compared to a diesel or a petrol mm-hmm. vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. So do you need to run it for 30,000 kilometers? Do you need to run it for 70,000 kilometers mm-hmm. where it gets even because uh, you're still spending effort in manufacturing the uh, vehicle. You're still, uh, you're talking about batteries, you're talking about charging, recharging which necessarily mm-hmm. happens through fossil fuels, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you just start thinking about it, there's so many different levels at, uh, and so many details. But it's all about data here.
0: Mm. That makes absolute sense. I think, you know, our listeners would relate to a lot of these examples that you're giving to us as well. So thank you for that, Parith. Um, So, you know, I guess, what do you think are some of the challenges and limitations of using data to drive system? Of initiatives in today's world. Maybe Gustavo, wanna go first.
1: Yeah, I think there there are a couple of phenomenons. Right, mm-hmm. one is because there is pressure from different set of stakeholders for businesses to adopt and drive sustainability. It could be from regulators, it could be from uh, consumers, it could be from employees, it could be. Uh, from, from, you know, stockholders and investors, sometimes there is a risk of uh, leading to what the market calls a greenwashing, mm-hmm. right? So there are initiatives that are driving sustainability. They are leveraging data, but they might not be reflecting the ultimate reality, right? So that that's definitely one of the challenges, uh, the pressure. Uh, and the momentum to adopt sustainability under the broader framework of ESG is quite active. Uh, I think the pandemic has been changing a little bit of those dynamics, but it's a big, big pressure. So, how can we ensure that those data points and this momentum, which is a very positive momentum, is used for good? I think that's that's a challenge. The second angle is there isn't yet, I would say, across industry, across country, region, continent, standard on leveraging all those data points. I think the closest we can get to that is the classification of scope one, two, or three emissions. But when you look deeper, it's still a lot of data transformation, data optimization. And until we get those standards developed, until we get those standards really well understood uh, by the whole leadership team of the companies. Right? Many companies, they have the Chief Sustainability Officer, who sometimes, I would guess, probably feels very lonely <laughs> in terms of you know getting that message across. It is definitely an ambassador role, but that needs to go to the next level. And that's where I feel it's very important. Many companies are reacting to sustainability, Mm -hmm. but I think the biggest opportunity is what additional business value can they create with sustainability. Mm -hmm. When they identify those use cases and and that approach of creating a business differentiator versus reacting, that's where I think they can make the switch and start to potentially decrease some of those uh, initial challenges. Mm -hmm.
0: I totally agree with that, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times we should be proactive in our approach and not just reacting to what's happening around us, right? Okay, great. Um, how about period What are your thoughts?
2: Um, industry standards, that definitely um, is a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me introduce a few terminologies at this point of time. Of to make this a mm-hmm. uh, bit more... Love it, <laughs> To help them. So, um... Whenever we're talking about uh, measuring uh, CO2 um, or uh, other greenhouse gas emissions, we talk about primary data and we talk about secondary data. So for example, primary data would be um, that is um, that is the actual measurement. So if I was building, if I was manufacturing a glass, mm-hmm. what, what was the total emissions that went into manufacturing this glass? Mm-hmm. So all the suppliers of different components giving their real CO2 emissions data Mm -hmm. and that gets captured and then you finally see, uh, you know, I would take into account uh, recycling if I were to or disposal of this glass and hence I can have, you know, a carbon footprint of this product, a glass. Mm -hmm. So if everything is measured uh, for this glass, it's primary data. Right. but the moment I start using uh, standards that already exist that means if this class is material A and material A um, you know there are existing databases where you can get this value of material A manufacturing emissions are these that becomes secondary that means we're not talking about this object um. we're talking we are taking into account the standards that have been developed or benchmarked across different operations mm-hmm. The biggest issue that we have at this point of time Mm -hmm. is we don't have enough primary data. So even if a company does an analysis of their footprint, Mm -hmm. they may be able to do it with secondary data. And uh, that tells me what you know, which which side do I need to focus or where do I actually uh, have the most emissions in which area of the business, Mm -hmm. but it may not be accurate. Mm -hmm. So uh, that I think is one of the bigger issues that we need to figure out. How do we use Mm -hmm. primary data? And that is not just a data problem, actually. Uh, We don't even know how to measure a lot of these things. There may or may not be devices that are ready uh, for measuring. Uh, Whenever we're talking about suppliers, especially small suppliers, Mm -hmm. they may not be at an IT uh, level where they can actually measure it, Mm -hmm. or they may not have enough funding to do this. So, you know, um, so it's, it stems, from the data collection issue, but mm-hmm. it actually has a lot of different dimensions if you go deeper into it. So I would say that is one of the bigger issues that people are saying, this is my emissions, but how mm-hmm. far it is in reality, we don't know actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, industry standard plays uh, such a big part. I mean, if I'm company A and uh, you know uh, company B has the same supplier, if I'm asking them uh, for CO2 data in a particular format, and company B asks in a different format. That becomes a big issue for this particular supplier, mm-hmm. which may be a small supplier. And we're talking about tier two, tier three suppliers, which may get even smaller, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of how they operate. So not having a standard uh, to actually communicate mm-hmm. across different organizations. Right. That is a big challenge. Which like Gustavo said, mm-hmm. needs to be fixed by a lot of large organizations, mm-hmm. probably some public bodies coming in and sorting this out. Mm-hmm. So I, I see that as the major um, challenge to get started on this journey right. of data and sustainability. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So thank you both for sharing You know all the challenges that there are. So obviously these are all really valid and what do you think are some ways to mitigate these challenges? or overcome it in the long run. Mm. Any ideas off the top of your
1: head? Maybe mm-hmm. I, th- I feel governments and regulators play a, a big role here. Mm. If you look uh, throughout Europe, um, some countries like Australia, New Zealand, where governments are taking the first step and they are driving the regulatory need for big companies to, to have those uh, this type of measurement they drive throughout the value chain for small suppliers they set the tone Mm -hmm. right so when when there is a a, a regulatory a a government drive in terms of decreasing emissions uh and 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 really operating in a sustainable way Mm -hmm. i think they they provide that that really guidance throughout the industry probably what we need more Is companies that operate across different, um, let's say, geographies, where um, that particular country might not be yet uh, with the tone at the top, Mm -hmm. for them to take this the next step, right? To say, oh, if a company is headquartered in Europe, and for example, if they operate in Southeast Asia, they are getting the guidance from Europe, they are already operating there. So maybe they can take this second step, which is to put in practices those uh, standards, that methodology and that drive, maybe throughout Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. where some part of their value chain operates. That would be probably the two main thoughts I have in this, in this area. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I think governments are setting the tone and many of the, the global meetings uh, that, are, that are happening in this area are helping people get more interested to drive sustainability mm, that
0: makes sense how about you Preet
2: I think um, more than the government I think the um, government has to play its part mm. I think the corporates need to come together as well so um, again uh, this term is heavily used in um, you know, technical forums, ecosystem, mm-hmm. and partnerships. But I truly believe that the only way to solve this or even attack it, right? Attack this problem is through building an ecosystem, building partnerships. Mm-hmm. So, um, exchange of the data across different entities, across different businesses, um, policy would play a big part. Um, and uh, corporates coming together, right? Uh, if uh, the example that I gave, multiple suppliers, they are providing to different kinds of companies. These companies need to agree on a particular format or a particular way of presenting this, uh, getting this data from the suppliers. Once that happens, um, it, it becomes a lot easier. Uh, the other thing uh, that I would say is um, if, we, um, if we start looking at it as uh, additional value creation, right, not just tackling it as a problem, but looking at it from a value creation perspective, uh, then these problems also may get tackled. So example here being, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's very costly to get started with sustainability. Mm-hmm. It is very costly to get all these different players together and um, get them to work together. Um, customer, corporates may lose uh, competitive edge. But um, if we start looking at it from a different value proposition where these corporates come together and unlock a different sort of value even if it means different kinds of kind of a business then they have something to offset you know this threat mm-hmm. as such um, and uh, that has happened in, a, in, in our industry itself it has happened where competition has come together to create something that, um, that you, know, you know they're working together to unlock a business value. And I think um, that's the entrepreneurial approach that needs to be taken to tackle this as well, I would say. Um, yeah, so those, those things would be my inputs.
0: Yeah, awesome. Those are really, really insightful, you know. Um, <laughs> we should definitely take those to heart. Okay, and uh, to wrap up this discussion, you know, we'll end it off with a more exciting question. In your opinion, what are some of the more uh, or most exciting developments or potential uses of data in the sustainability field? Maybe Purit, you would like to go first.
2: Sure. Um, I think baselining and measurement. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, there are lots of startups. There are lots of organ- corporates that are doing it the- themselves, mm. but there are lots of startups <laughs> here um, that are playing in this area of carbon monitoring and baselining. Um, I think the other uh, thing which is not directly uh, connected to data is um, an area where we talk about offsets, you know, Uh, there's uh, green carbon, there's blue carbon, but accurate methods are required or accurate solutions are required to measure um, these solutions, Right? if if the soil is actually retaining carbon and for how long and, uh, you know, uh, when we say, It is for 20 credits. Does it actually stay as 20 credits? So um, there are companies that are doing these measurements as well, and then they keep this data live. There are carbon trading platforms that are available, which help larger corporates do offsets. So I would say, um, and then there are uh, certain companies that are talking about optimizations, right? And especially in logistics and supply chain, we talk about optimizations a lot. If we are able to switch air freight to ocean freight Mm -hmm. um, then that reduces cost Mm -hmm. uh, most of the times uh, and also reduces carbon emissions and there are organizations that are already relying on these modes which is you know uh, routing optimization so you know if I can do the picks and collections uh, in the most optimized way that my timing is the shortest And if we in the future if we switch to electric vehicles then where are the battery charging stations and is my route optimized completely according to this uh we talk about consolidating orders so optimizing what goes on in a truck or a container Mm. as well as on the plane Mm. so um i would say that optimization would bring us you know um it's it's not right to say that reducing sustainability or reducing carbon emissions is always going to reduce our cost Mm. but we have seen use cases where that happens Mm. and this cost can then be used to uh, you know this this savings can then be invested into other green measures Mm. so i would say definitely optimization space Mm. measuring space i do believe that uh, we need standards and within that the carbon trading carbon offset measurement these would play a big part as well and this Mm. is where i see heavily uh, the use of data very heavily
0: Awesome, so we have um, baselining, common training as well as uh, optimization. So for Gustavo, what do you think are some of the future developments?
1: There are two things I'm very excited about, right. so maybe I can hold it on that. <laughs> I think, you know, everything we talked about, mm-hmm. it's all about, let's say, data that our businesses produce. Right. And then of course we are channeling, we are designing, transforming and optimizing this data towards sustainability. That is an an additional parameter, which for me is a game changer, that historically has been very much uh, restricted to NGOs, researchers, governments, which is to use geospatial data towards sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of discussion on things in the sky, (laughs) and we do have a lot of satellites that capture Earth data over time, Mm -hmm. right? And those capabilities, uh, which we use as consumers, be it for you know Google Earth or, or, or Maps, they're now available uh, since mid last year to commercial uh, institutions, to businesses, to leverage this and actually augment this to their value chains. So if I pick an example, for example, uh, like a FMCG company that maybe operates across the world and has, let's say, palm plantations in Indonesia, they can You know, a test that the the palm they are sourcing for their products, sustainable products, is being sourced in a sustainable way. And this data is being, it's a real data, right? It's being captured from up in the sky (laughs) uh, in terms of, you know, how the reflorestation and how sustainable that is. So that for me is a very exciting development. And I think we're really just scratching the surface. The second one, and, you know, according to Freed's comment, ecosystem, right? So Google has uh, and builds many technologies, but I think our biggest job is to build ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And although we do have some of the propositions ourselves, we have a big network of partners. So last, uh, late last year, we announced a, a marketplace for sustainability partners mm-hmm. that companies like DHL, companies that are very focused on a specific, uh, segment of the business, be it logistics or value chains, supply chains, they can come and provide their solutions across the globe, right? So it it really enables, you know, local partners, regional partners, global partners to go and provide those perspectives. Uh, We have a company, for example, that's headquartered in Australia, providing those solutions around climate risk and resilience Mm. across the globe. So those are the two areas I feel more excited about (laughs) uh, currently because there is unlimited potential to, you know, reach and help many, many businesses across the world.
0: Right. Wow, I couldn't hold my excitement as well. <laughs> I feel so educated today. Thank you both. Okay, so, um, alright, we'll leave it here today as that's all the time that we have. And I want like to take this opportunity to thank both speakers once again for providing your knowledge and insights to the topic. And
2: thank you everyone for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye.